One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Controversial subjects with the facts can be tense, but we are a sub-science here to make things make sense. Today we are talking about the apocalypse. Are we currently in an apocalypse? What is our threat of nuclear war right now? And when these things potentially happen, what can you do to survive? Are there scientific skills that you need to have? Equip yourself. Write this episode down what you learn because uh, it could save your life. Uh, are we currently in an apocalypse? That's a really Whoa. good question. Actually, there's another episode coming out in the future that will be about that more specifically. What do you mean? Of it? Like of I want to do... Yeah. On, okay, you're reading the future. <laughs> I want to do an episode about whether we're in an apocalypse or not. So we'll touch a little bit on it later, but I want to do a whole kind of what is the definition of it and what are we like? I mean, in terms of an extinction event, like that kind of stuff, is that what I mean? Yeah. Well, actually like, no, it's like so interesting. Like an apocalypse is a really interesting word. Okay. And it like an apocalypse for some. It's also a word that I most always spell wrong. I spell it. A-P-O-C-O. See, it's not. What? A-P-O-C-A. That's wrong. Apocalypse. That's Bernstein Bears. I that's always a, say apocalypse. That's how I always yeah. spell it. Okay. I that's a Mandela try. effect. <laughs> Is it? Well, I don't know. I'm like, I could, gun to my head, I would say it's apocalypse. It's apocalypse. Wow. So, now you know. That's crazy. And What's that's that? the podcast. Um, yeah. uh, yet again, feeling off but you know this is just my life yeah it's just every <laughs> just every <Tuesday>. other day <laughs> <laughs> no i took an advil also my everyday life it's been like weeks since i took an advil so i feel proud about that that's so why i'm thinking it's kicking in i feel a little less dizzy plug advil kicking in you feel uh, better shoot. ibuprofen oh it actually whoa. wasn't an advil it was just an off brand name but i'm so used to saying that what's up with you part of the reason why we're doing this is that we just got back from two-day camping trip where we survived off pumping our water. I mean, it was really three days, two tires. nights. What? It was three days, two nights. Okay, well, what did I say? Two days. Wow, you're really <laughs> going for the... We were yeah, really okay. roughing it. I just okay. want to really put it out there. A three-day The extra trip. even 10 hours that maybe we did over the two-day mark was really tough okay yeah i wouldn't say it was tough but yeah you're right you're <laughs> yeah, right we, we were let like people know we were like eating really well yeah really well i mean it was a portage so if you don't know what that is it's like you literally have to carry all it's not like car camping like we had to carry all our stuff in canoes carry it overland into another lake so you can you have to the longer you stay the smarter you have to be about what you take we did eat a freeze-dried meal where you added water and it ballooned out into a pad thai which was very futuristic very apocalypse very moon vibes apocalypse now isn't that what's that what? movie Apocalypse Now. What do you mean? You want to talk about that? Vietnam. What? It's about the Vietnam I've never War. S- I just don't even know what that movie is. Oh, it's a great movie. It's about Vietnam War. Yeah, but then it kind of shifts uh, halfway through to become. It's very. It's almost like an art house. What's movie. the moon movie or what's the space movie? Uh, you need to go with your own on that one. No, you know where they're like going to space. The, there's so many, but uh, Apollo 13. Oh, uh, uh, that's probably yeah. AP. That's what okay. I, heard. Wow. <laughs> I was like, there's so many movies about the moon. I'm not the pop culture guru. Okay. okay Apollo 13. Okay, I'm not. I'm, we're not is there gonna drag any it other out. like scary space movies? Not like space. 2001 odyssey like i mean like <laughs> like mainstream hollywood moon there's moon a movie called movies. moon that was no. good okay i'm probably thinking of apollo you're definitely thinking of apollo 13 there's another one that sounds more like apocalypse i know it it's mitch it's apollo 13 like a pop a pop <laughs> like there's not another one and you said the moon okay okay maybe i'm thinking of one of those airplane ones where they're like being taken over on an airplane and it's not a space movie what's that one called air force <laughs> one okay 
I didn't know these things. Is that actually it? Well, Air Force One's a movie. Did you ever see it? No. Wow. Oh my God. Usually this is the switched version. You usually have seen all the like classics from the 90s, but Air Force One's great. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I mean, it's I probably... mean, I might have seen it. There's lots of things I, I don't have a memory as we know. Yeah. So I get to relive everything. I could watch it now. Yeah, and be that's like, oh, true. I did, didn't watch this even though I did. Speaking of movies, actually, we were watching planet of the apes right dawn of the planet of the apes Uh, which is kind of apocalyptic yeah it's kind of about an apocalypse it's why we're also we're going to talk about that and about a pandemic okay we'll save that for later yeah because i think that's what that's gonna that's gonna be part of what we're talking about yeah true okay but mitch loved it it's the new planet of the apes like the franchise there was like three of them not the one i feel like i had seen the ones before that let's save this section for the apocalypse part okay okay okay. then um because were you trying to ask something else or did you want to talk about something else right no no oh you're actually we can go into moon and we here i'm gonna be dommy i'm I'm gonna be dommy top here we go oh what did we learn this week? Oh my God, so Daddy what I learned is that the, the, m- <laughs> the moon rotates around the earth tw- every 28 days. Okay, that was my kind of guess. You and said a month. Yeah, you said monthly. Because we kind of realized, why don't I really know that yeah. answer? And there was a moment where I was like, every day. And then I was like, that's insane. The moon doesn't travel around the earth every day. Yeah, so it's every 28 <laughs> days. So rough, well, it's like 27.33 days is how long it takes the moon to rotate the earth. And it, so it's roughly 13 times a year. Okay. And that makes sense why sometimes it's not always like the same. Like if it was the exact same, sorry, what am I trying to say here? Yeah. What are you trying Never to mind. Say? Never mind. Ignore me. Oh my, God. my brain is really off right <laughs> now. And I was just picturing like, I don't know. Cause sometimes the moon's in the daylight, you know, you yeah. see the moon and you're just like, oh yeah, it's obviously not in a perfect sync with the way earth is. It's not no. like every night or every day it's no. in the same spot. No. And so, there's probably some certain amount of hours or days that it could be that it perfectly lines up with like some system of our measurements, but it doesn't. We watched the moonrise twice on our trip and that's what made us think about it. It was so cool. It would be pitch black around the fire and then all of a sudden, like light would appear behind the trees in the distance. I was like, I'm pretty sure that the moon is about to rise. Then we would watch like, it. Is that a plane at first? Like for the first couple or seconds, you're like, explosion. Yeah. Or a nuclear explosion. But <laughs> um, it was so, it would rise very similar to the sun, similar speeds. It was so beautiful. But once it rose, it was like so bright. In our tent, I wish I had a blindfold to sleep because it was so bright. It I was mean, that's so like cool. a little bit exaggerating. Like we live in a city hour. I feel like our room is just as bright as what the moon was, but you're right. Like it's shocking. It's not like it was so bright. You needed a face mask. I think? genuinely <laughs> was like, I was so outside. I love there. sleeping when I go camping because it's so pitch black. That's part of why I like yeah. it. And it was like robbed of it. Cause there was this gosh damn light <laughs> over. It. it was crazy. I mean, I, I disagree. I was like blown away yeah. by how bright it was. I could not get over it. I, I thought very, it was very poor light dark sensitivity right like you can navigate our home in the dark we've talked about this i can't yeah. so maybe i just like couldn't tell i feel like i have decent oh vision God. i can see what i'm adding vitamin a carrots and seeing in the dark because i genuinely think it's because i like ate way more carrots as a kid i hate that i'm not i'm not <laughs> I mean, even kidding i don't think I'm you're wrong. not even kidding i know this is such a basic thought and there's probably people out there that you're like you guys are so stupid but it's like but i actually all, never wait do people say that i just like sometimes think like when people like <laughs> whenever like, we do this podcast be we're being smart? so honest and raw that i'm like our people are probably like why are they science communicators i'm like guess what i learned moon goes around on the earth 20 every 28 days people are like yeah we know i know but people have to stop pretending they know everything no i know i know i know i know but but i'm just saying it's nice we know lots of things and we know mostly not things of all the things there are to know we don't know most of them yeah that's true i think that's true of everyone either way i honestly have never i don't think i've ever until literally days ago watched a moonrise Oh, me neither. That's not weird. Oh, I know, but I wonder if there's people out there. Because, like, then literally on our drive home, there was a song with the lyric, with the moon rising. Yeah, I I was like, obviously, this is, like, a, a thing that gets talked about in culture and poetry. I always think about sunrise and sunset. I barely ever make it up for a sunrise. So I really only see sunsets. But then moon rise, I just, honestly, it's never occurred to me. I think it's, like, a poetic... I mean, think of how beautiful it was. It happened two nights in a row. It was like very much a time of thinking, thought, deep thought, thinking about your place in the universe. I think that's just like why it breeds poetry. And it is, much, but I don't think it's that common. 
You're it's hard to do. You can't do it in, in a, a city. city. Yeah. yeah. Like there's just two. A, the hori- horizon's already messed up because there's so much stuff around you blocking yeah. the horizon. B, there's so many light sources that already look like the moon, so you're way less likely to just... We were in pitch darkness, and then it was like we were in pure right. Yeah, you could totally play the game. We, we could play charades, which we wanted to play Once without a light. Knows. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nature's light. The universe's light. Also, the moon is like deformed because it's getting like pulled a bit towards Earth. The gravity that like it's like the shape of it is actually like bent out towards mm. Earth. Um, the, the moon's moon cool. Is? Hot take. The moon's cool. Yeah. It's like not. Like, and it's, it's also like, really fun to see um, graphics that show how the moon affects the bulbousness of Earth's um, like water. Yeah. Like, and, wh- and how that impacts the tides and understanding like it literally is like sucking the water. Yeah. No, the, like the moon is cool. It's really cool. And it made Don't me wonder a lot more about like being in the darkness, but having the moon as like a pure bright source, obviously on a not cloudy night, made me wonder what is the evolutionary impact of that on like especially night creatures do they rely on this sort of like 28 day system in some way hmm. that maybe other biologists out there might already be aware of or maybe it's like i don't know i was just thinking like because it was so bright it's so different than another night where a mouse could like hide under the cover of darkness yeah. but when the light was out i was like do these animals now have to be more afraid of being like uh, like having a predator see them yeah no so they, easily that's so true they would have it was so bright and that's that when maybe, we really saw the mice maybe certain creatures are also synced to the moonlight in a way where they would behave differently like and hide in different times not just because they like see the light but because they actually like functionally have evolved that way just a little hypothesis i'm working on gonna start my master's soon so in, in whether mice hide during moonlight yeah <laughs> oh, there you go that's my next movie okay uh, my study that just came out was about brain drain and this idea that thinking hard can actually drain you. Like, so you mm. hear people say like, I'm mentally fatigued or I'm just like mentally tired. And when we think about being physically tired, it's so easy to tell when someone's physically tired. They can yeah. look different, they can sweat, they can show strain on their face. But mentally tired is like this kind of abstract concept that yeah. you can't, you have to rely on somebody's own anecdotal whatever so um this study oh uh, just to to also talk about that term mental fatigue it's like clearly separate from being sleepy sometimes you're not tired to go to bed but you're mentally drained Hmm. meaning that like tasks are harder to complete or even focus on yeah um and they have this study basically found that um, glutamate may be the culprit. So you have glutamate, which is an excitatory amino acid that's responsible for most of like your neuronal impulses. Yeah. Impulses like ninety percent of your brain cells, which are called neurons, fire, and glutamate is part of that reaction. Um, but too much of it is not a good thing, and in fact, too much glutamate can overexcite a neuron to death. And so they've they put all these participants. Um, and looked at their brains and made some of them go through like strenuous mental activity and another control group just did the like boring simple tasks and the group that had all the mental activity had an increase in glutamate in their lateral prefrontal cortex Hmm. Um, and they basically figured it matters is because this is like a limiting factor like your brain has to put energy into removing that after you've thought a lot it's a neurotransmitter it's a neurotransmitter Yeah, yeah 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 Yeah, what did so, I say? I don't know. I thought you said something earlier, then I got confused. But I'm like, excitatory oh, no. amino acid is a neurotransmitter. Oh, okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Um, so basically, they realized like by putting a lot of cognitive work in your brain, it accumulates this like substance, glutamate, in your brain, which is almost in high levels like toxic may not be the right word but like obviously your brain has to put energy and so fatigue is part of that signal to stop creating too much this was their hypothesis when seeing the glutamate in the brain that's cool yeah Uh, and that stopped you from working there was like tied into another loop system that causes you to act in certain ways but i just thought that was cool that when's the last time you think you actually like thought so hard that you were fatigued every day oh (laughs) i'm (laughs) No, Mitch, no, like, okay, you're so rude. First, no, of all. oh my god, what do you mean? Like, so <laughs> as somebody who's an anxious person, that's what it's like to be anxious. Your brain is constantly working. It doesn't oh mean I'm like god. thinking about deep problems. I was picturing like an exam, like before an no. exam. Okay, fine. It's been a while since I've had to like study, but to have think a lot. That's why even therapists say like when you're anxious, you're more exhausted, you're mentally exhausted because your brain. So is you mean like you might be going around. through that every day? Well, I mean, I'm not Whoa. trying to say that no, but I maybe am. you are. Like compared to you, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, but I've never there are like many people who I are was picturing more like the, I'm like when's the last time I literally focused so hard? I, I mean, I think when I paint. I think when I paint. 
you think no, that? but when I work, um, yeah. You don't, I don't work know. very hard? Like, I feel like work is so chill because it's like, I can do it at my own pace. To me, like feeling mentally fatigued is almost yeah, those moments like when their people it. are like, this is due. Like yeah, when something's due. We only have that like once in a while because we have that autonomy yeah. to work around. And I love and the feeling of it when you've then slept after and then the next day you feel amazing. Yeah, sort of. but I'm just here to clarify that, that you could feel it every day. It doesn't have to only be when you're trying. Like you could just be out. Like a lot of people do have jobs that not necessarily because of deadlines, but might just have to like be doing a lot of mental activity. Yeah, yeah. And I think some people in their daily lives, like you could just be somebody who dwells on things more. Like you could be somebody who does a lot of activity, which you do yeah, as well, true. organizes your household and all these things, or someone who just thinks too much yeah that's interesting i was which is, like you know when i was a teacher i'm like always mentally fatigued because it was like so that's many fair, decisions there's a lot so many, yeah. yeah that is like a type of thinking that i think for sure is what this study's probably mostly talking about yeah because it said like strenuous activity they obviously had to like give them like i picture like problem solving yeah and, like a timer right. and like yeah and i'm just like that's the interesting thing that i kind of miss that i like miss mm -hmm. that feeling of it being like i miss school i miss due dates we still have due dates yeah, that's All true. Time. I know, but I miss like school due dates. Okay, go do something else. Where someone crazy. says like, you got an 80 and then you feel so good and then you party. <laughs> <laughs> no one tells me my marks anymore. I want marks. Uh, I want to be validated through marks. I don't think I want that anymore. I don't think it's like very useful. Yeah, I guess. Maybe so, okay, episode, sure. school, grades. All right. You know what I mean? Are you ready yeah, yeah, I know I will. <laughs> we have a video on that. Let's go. Okay, see you in a bit. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. People don't always realize that physical symptoms like headaches, teeth grinding even, which I do, even digestive issues can be indicators of stress. And let's not forget about doom scrolling, <laughs> sleeping too little, sleeping too much, which actually for me is like now, under eating or overeating. Stress shows up in all kinds of ways and in a world that's telling you to do more, sleep less and grind all the time, hustle harder, hustle culture, hustle culture. Here is your reminder to take care of yourself, do less, and maybe try some therapy. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. Give it a try and see if online therapy can help lower your stress. Side note is sponsored by BetterHelp, and listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash side note. That's betterhelp.com slash side note. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Study time. Study time. Study time. By the way, look at our little sign. We finally got it back up. Our little side note sign. Yeah, if you're watching the video, watching it on YouTube, I'm always like, yeah, just trust us. The sign's up. Um, okay, so we're talking about the apocalypse. Do you think we, in our lifetime, will face some form of apocalypse? <laughs> well, based on, again, we're going to do another episode more specifically, but based on what I just read in this book called The Next Great Apocalypse by Chris Bagley. <laughs> um, yes. Like, but because the yes? word, cause the oh, cause word like, apocalypse and like catastrophe and like all these concepts that we've created in our heads about what that means... Is are so, wrong. What? I was just making a joke. Are wrong? Like, um, are probably hyperbolic. They're probably not wrong because they can still happen. And but like the way that like 
we look back on certain types of apocalypses in the past might have felt really, really bad for some people and kind of normal for some people and things right. like that. Whereas that's happening now for a lot of yeah. people. Okay. That's fair. And yeah. even I, as I said, like even for many creatures that are going extinct, yes. like where, yeah, it's yes. like the image of an apocalypse that we all suffer something at the exact same time yes. is one version of apocalypse potentially, but there's many other yeah. alternate ways that you can like go through an apocalypse. Exactly. Scenario. And I think a lot of like Freedom. movies are like less interested in nuance because it's more like quote unquote boring. So, well, like, even think of like the COVID-19 pandemic. It's like in our minds at the beginning, we were like, is this be the beginning of an apocalypse? Yeah. Because like it could be such a big event if it killed more people and it was like even crazier. And then like, you know what I mean? Like, will this wipe out the human race? I think that's what people often associate with an apocalypse, which obviously is one. It's like the most intense form. Yeah. But you're sort of suggesting that there are more nuanced ways to talk about it. Yeah. And you might be like, I think we are going through an apocalypse right now with climate change. I think the amount of change and what is predicted for the future, I think just in our lifetime, we will go through what historians will call an apocalypse, but we might not I in thought, the moment. I thought, think that. Okay. Th this is based off your book, but I really thought the apocalypse meant like the end of the world. Well, that's the thing is like, what does that mean? Because when you think about like the mind, like everyone dying. <laughs> yeah. Well, those things like people who were, Say you're an indigenous person in North America, like I see it can be it's like relative to your position to something. Yeah. Like to who? Is it apocalypse just of Earth or of one group of people yes. or of our solar system? Or yeah. like you mean like it so some people might have been yeah. like that or what? Like if you were an indigenous person living in North America before the like devastating effects of colonization, would you not be like this is an apocalypse mm. to my culture? Because these white Fair. people came in and actively tried to kill us with disease starve us out and the amount the sheer amount of people that died because of colonization the numbers millions and millions of people died that like to them they can't think of it anything but that yeah and, and I they guess were dying I'm of just disease. looking up the definition and one of them is just any universal or widespread destruction or disaster yeah exactly so that's fair. Yeah. i think like maybe in religious texts or historical texts like the, they predict the apocalypse which is like the final event but i think that's what this book's trying to say. Like I that's say, such a that's dumb like way to look one, at it. Yeah. yeah. So that's like, like the idea that there's this final thing yeah. that takes out everything at once. And okay. Of course an asteroid would be, you know, chef's kiss apocalypse. Careful what like, you wish for. Oh, I'm you not, mean like just in terms of no, like, a, I'm, not it, <laughs> I'm not wishing for that. Well, you called it chef's kiss. No, I mean like to like, to like give the definition that you're thinking. I was like, well, an asteroid could actually right. do that real well. Obliterate us all. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then, yeah, like, so it was, it is, We'll talk more about that in another episode about whether we are going to be in one in our lifetime. But I do think that by definition, historically, like, yes. Time periods will look back on the time. Yeah. Time periods will look back. I on think already you period. can be like, there's so many species dying. Like, it's just not sustainable. I mean, so then we point. did just suffer and are suffering an apocalypse, which is a pandemic then. Would you consider that? Well, that's like many, many people that's died. super interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I would define that, but I would say that it's a result of something bigger. Like if you mm. think about climate change, we're only going to have more and more pandemics that are going to become more and more mm -hmm. devastating. Supply chains, like all the issues we're seeing because of the pandemic to me are kind of apocalyptic. Like we're all just like, <laughs> LOL, like there's no corn or like whatever. <laughs> like, But that is like when you think about 10 years ago, what an apocalypse would be, you'd be like, oh, you can't access goods because supply chains are falling because of the right. pandemic, because yeah. of loss of life. Like and lo Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I, mean, I kind of want to talk about my study then. If that's yeah, okay. go, go. It, mine is specifically related to like nuclear war uh, or a nuclear apocalypse. Um, and it literally came out yesterday, this in nature, there was a study that came out. I was reading the review of it um, and it was analyzing six different war scenarios. And they were ultimately, you know, at the beginning they address, of course, like nuclear war would kill people immediately. There'd be fallout from radiation, these things. But what about like the larger impact on the world? Even if we weren't, even if it was just two small nations having a nuclear war together. So in their example, they were looking at like India and Pakistan, if they had nuclear war, um, what would the impact of in particular soot in the atmosphere be? And how would that impact surface temperatures on earth? And um, in these different scenarios, that that Pakistan example, you look like so zoned out. Are you all right? No, I'm like trying to focus. Oh, okay, sorry. I just was like, you look like you just. I was trying out. to focus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, is this so boring? No, no, I'm um, trying to like think. Okay, in that example, these numbers aren't relevant to memorize or anything because I am not going to test you after. But 
that would release about five to 47 million tons of soot into the atmosphere based on like their nuclear power. Wow. Um, and then in a full out version of that between the United States and Russia, that could produce 150 millions of wow. tons of soot into the air. So they were measuring these and how that would impact the rest of the world oh if God. like that happened. So even with those, like I, I know like India and Pakistan aren't small nations, but in this context, they were talking about them as like small nations, even if they using their nuclear weapons, um, you know, had a war, the soot from burning cities would encircle the planet and cool it by reflecting sunlight back into space. And they predict that this would cause a global crop failure. Whoa. And in the worst case scenario, could put 5 billion people on the brink of death from starvation. Wow. Isn't that crazy? From a small nation. So at, that's at the like 47 million tons of soot. Um, the global average calorie, like being able to produce would drop by 50%. Okay, so I think that would be an apocalypse. Yeah, 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 for sure. Whereas if it was like United States versus Russia, they predicted that it could be up That's to even more. 90% of calories would be wiped off the earth. Oh. Because like th they had said something like the temperature of the earth could drop from anywhere between like 1 to 16 degrees Celsius oh on average. God. Because of this like so much debris for years would be... Oh, you can just picture like the right wing mega people like, let's have a nuclear war to stop global warming. <laughs> yeah, that's also the solution. Mad about it. Yeah. Um, interestingly, the nations that are most affected in this study were the ones at the high latitudes. So good luck, Canada. Good luck, England. Basically what they said. The study that, um, but weirdly the best nation off, which I you think is like at the high latitudes was Australia. But it was because they would likely, you know, we get cut off from the world if there's like this nuclear war and food chains collapse but they're able to rely on wheat for food and wheat is like really good at growing in colder climates hmm. um and so that was the, the only time i would want to go to australia <laughs> <laughs> kidding australians you know i always make money i'm just kidding um so obviously those it's interesting because in that small example it doesn't feel so extreme of course we're like okay hopefully we don't have like an all-out nuclear war between like war hungry countries like the United States and Russia. And of course we're all putting into context, like the world has been trying to minimize nuclear warheads for a long time, but there's still thousands of them. Yeah. It's like, has it like, I guess it has, it has, it has dramatically yeah, dropped, that's fair, but that's a fair. lot of nations still hold nuclear weapons. And yeah. so thinking of even a small war between them, like even you're like looking at Russia and Ukraine, knowing that these wars can break out in parts of the world to us that feel very far away, how that we all need to care because that could impact the entire globe's capacity to make food. Yeah. And that's just one fallout event, like from that. I was reading like, I we've talked before about how like developing countries isn't like the best way to put it because mm -hmm. like developing to what? Like what does a developed mm -hmm. country really mean? Um, like Cuba, you have higher literacy rates than America mm -hmm. and better healthcare system. Anyways, um, but using those terms. Oh, the other thing we say is the majority world would be a better right. way of saying developing nation. Cause like most people are living like that. We are like the minority world who live in Canada and we're just like, Oh, let's put on our air conditioning. <laughs> in the developing countries, 80% of people are directly involved in agricultural production. Whereas in the U S only 1.5% of the population is involved in agricultural oh, production. Wow. So it's like, when those things start to fall, it is interesting. It's like Schadenfreude vibes. Like we don't even the people have who, the skill to like yeah, manage. These people in these rich countries are like relying screwed. on yeah, yeah. the labor force of other countries to yeah. deal and provide. So maybe sustenance. Australia might have a lot of wheat, but it's like they'd all be like, "How do we grow it?" <laughs> like I just feel like they're not gonna they're not gonna be like used to making their agriculture. <laughs> Like it's like they might be fine, but if the internet's out. is that something like not that you think about, but do you think as people, you and I in particular, like <laughs> we should have s developed these skills? Like, is that something on your mind at all? Well, Skill that's what the camping thing was. It was like mm -hmm. this is cool because it. I mean, in no way <laughs> were we like, like living through an apocalypse. No, we had all the <laughs> stimulator, stupid, like, expense, overpriced yeah, like a water plastic pump contraptions. And, yeah. We had a water pump to pump our water out of this gorgeous freshwater lake. Like there was a lot of reasons why, but to a lot of people, the skills that we were like utilizing that day, like building a fire to yeah. cook food unique, yeah. would be like, Oh, you're like prepping. Eh? And it's mm -hmm. like, no, I'm not prepping for the apocalypse, but there is a world where this becomes helpful. Okay. So I'll start getting into this stuff. Well, then. I do want you to, I just oh. want to say one other thing that like, it's just an interesting idea because it's like, should everyone relearn and by relearn i mean like you know historically a lot of people knew how to be self-sufficient like if we go back hundreds and hundreds or thousands of years like lots of people had 
broad general skill to be able to survive versus now we all sort of specialize and our society has been able to blossom because of specialization. But now it's like you put yourself at risk if there is some extreme world scenario that you don't have skill to like take care of yourself. Yeah, well, and that's an that's amazing and beautiful thing about humanity that we like work together and rely on each other for those things and that's allowed humans to expand and as you know create the planet of the apes, which I only just occurred to me last night like it is the planet of the apes. Yeah, mi- mi- so <laughs> we also were like, well, let's watch this movie even because we knew we were going to do this podcast based on other things. And you had heard that it, like the new I heard that the really good. new versions of Planet of the Apes the were good like for action movies cuz I don't love actually no sorry i love action movies when they're good but they're always just like, of, like, so bad yeah there's like, a lot of basic like i like sorry like all of the world but it, the mcu i'm just like every time i leave the theater i'm like that wasn't like good enough <laughs> for me children of men like best action movie ever made like there's there's standards of action movies that i always think marvel's gonna hit because it gets mm. like good reviews for some reason i'm always just like what the hell but these ones i'd heard were good and this, they did a really good job in the second one, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, as it being a sequel from the first. The first was like a cool movie that was like kind of family funny at yeah. first. Like this ape comes into a house, then it becomes like very, the tonal shift is pretty cool. It becomes like very serious, amazing action climax on like the San Francisco bridge. And it was like really good, well done. This one's later, and there is mention of a virus, a respiratory virus in the first one. It's that crazy because in the second one takes over. Right? Yeah, it starts pretty much talking about like quarantine. And like how the pandemic started. Yeah, it was like us, very interesting. Started to yeah. see that like, yeah, like five or six years ahead of that. Like obviously they were probably researching and talking to specialists and people who study pandemics and epidemics yeah. to learn. But because you were all so ignorant of that, if you're not in those fields to see it, it almost felt like predicted. Like it was showing like fake news yeah. clips of like, this part of the world's under lockdown and people are having to go and into like quarantine. And people are rebelling because they don't want to quarantine. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, whoa, that is really interesting. And But that has a like mass casualty event from the virus where the only people who survive have like, quote unquote, like genetic adaptability. So, so like, it's like the m- whole population like wipes out. Right. There's very few people left. They have no communication with other parts of the world. And then there's also these like apes that from the first movie are chilling. And then there's all this like sort of interesting talk about like, yeah, like surviving an apocalypse, energy sources, stuff like that. It was good. Mm -hmm. But one thing that I have learned is probably not going to happen is that mass population decline. Like all at once. Yeah. like It's not that it couldn't, but you're right. The probability, mm -hmm. it's much more likely like a gradual shift. You mean? Yeah. Like if climate change becomes what it's predicting to become and like our we don't act properly and we don't come together. Like a lot of the signs are telling us that we're not necessarily going to handle this very well. And we think about like authoritarianism and like what the world's deciding to do. It doesn't mean that there's going to be a respiratory virus that kills off like 90% of people. Right. It means that like things are going to get worse and fall and maybe we're going to feel like we're living in apocalypse. But I think what movies like to do is pretend that like everyone dies because I think it's simpler and I think it makes for a more compelling narrative. It's more like fantastical in the sense that it's like really puts you in an extreme scenario. And a lot of like, like people who study this are like, that is not something necessarily that, we predict is going to happen. Yeah, it's way more likely, like as we've seen with the virus, like we just experienced, like it had a major impact, but it's not like it wiped out everyone. Yeah. And that cha- that changed so much about our world. Yeah, so then that leads into like what these experts think are the most important skills for surviving. And it's like so interesting because it it's not what you think. Being a YouTuber? No, it is definitely not in any way because it involves social skills and out of all the YouTubers I've met it's like that's not what you got. But they're like the most important thing they think is to be like is having adaptability, flexibility, and essentially being able to recognize, like be a critical Flexibility, thinker. like mental flexibility. Yes. Okay, I was like, okay, gymnast. Oh my God, no, not like, like, up, like ready. Um, Exactly. Like it's all these things that I was like, Oh, I never thought of it. Like I always think about like building a fire, but it's like people who are, Mm. can think critically quickly and are adaptable and flexible are going to be the people who will survive in this 
post-apocalyptic world where likely there will still be lots of people. Mm-hmm. And one of the most important things will be figuring out who is like the effective like leaders and being able to also have a skill, like what you were saying before, like do we all need to learn these things? Mm-hmm. Being able to bring something to the table to like be a value in like whatever setting that you're in. Mm-hmm. I see. But, so you're not like, like in this scenario, specialists aren't as useful. Exactly. Because for example, the adaptability, flexibility idea is like you could show up and if you have like great social skills and you're like down, people can teach you, be like, we need mm-hmm. that. If you're the, right. an effective what does the group need follower, right now? And then you're like, you can make yourself an asset to a group. Again, it's a group. A lot of people picture like being alone in the woods, but mm-hmm. like, no, it's going to likely be a group of people and being able to critically also assess who should be leading because like what happens and maybe it's what's happening to our world. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The people who we're like allowing to lead are actually like maybe like megalomaniacs or even like maybe the most attractive person. Maybe we're still stuck in the patriarchy and like like, it should be a man. Like these things like that's not going to necessarily like help you in the future. And then other cool thing was the 40, 70 rule where they said, you need to get at least 40% of the information to make a decision like in these times of strife. Okay. But any more than set, like waiting for like more than 70% of the information. Like if you're someone who's like trying to be meticulous, can like, sometimes hundred percent of the facts before I make decisions yeah, can sometimes lead to like waiting too long. Like a lot of the time these decisions you're going to make in like dire moments will be need to be quick. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you're someone who can fall within the 40 to 70% and make effective decisions Based very quickly, partial information yeah like depending on like what situation you're in <laughs> like this sounds so vague but it's kind of no, interesting that makes sense. I, i'm laughing because i'm like for sure dead <laughs> oh because you're like you're like you're like 90 like, to 100 I actually need 99 percent. yeah no i know i, I was thinking action. about you i was like no but you might like learn like, that's true no or it's I, a good thing to know you I know that i actually do think i'm a fairly adaptable person but i don't think i'm a good leader so i think like in that kind of scenario, I would have to just like put my trust in someone else to make those yeah. decisions. Cause when I'm forced to make decisions, I get yeah, over wrapped yeah, up, but that's uh, but why it's knows? good to know. It's good Some, to know like 40, 70 rule, like mm-hmm. even just to, if like you're in the post apocalyptic like, world, you go, okay, I perfect. can't, I can't. Yeah. Perfect is the enemy of good, right? Is that what yeah, you're saying? Or no, is? isn't it? No, isn't like perfect is the enemy of what? Isn't it? Yeah, because if you're trying to to be perfect, you'll never you, like you'll yeah. get obsessed with that. I don't know if it's good. Good enough. Good enough. Perfect enemy. Good enough. Move on. Well, <laughs> let's just do it. And the other most important aspect of surviving in these situations is the will to survive. This is before we get into like the fires and the body temperature. We'll talk about it. But I was okay. like, that's interesting. The just will to survive because like that's like one of the most key. You're saying sorry. The will to survive is a key component to surviving yes because if you think about it like if you're maybe not feeling like there's any point mm. or you think right like, you need a motivation you to need a motivation trying. to do the 40 70 to be adaptable to yeah. be flexible like i just we can't fathom that right now but i bet it's just an interesting thing to think about like why are you even living if it yeah, gets that true bad? Yeah, yeah yeah and for a lot of people that in hard situations that's their kids that's their family like there's these motivations yeah even you know there's like so many anecdotal stories of when one grandparent dies the other one is suddenly like much the notebook more yeah or i so just yeah. like a lot of people like lose that will to live and then they do die yeah it's like yeah or if they I have lo- a specific there's something so romantic about that i love the idea i'm not of doing that for you like, by the way yeah no, it was, no offense wouldn't do it for you but like there's something <laughs> i love about like being in my hospital bed or maybe even at home getting my feet rubbed by someone i love Wait, maybe what? it's you but maybe you're dead and just being like no what maybe i'm dead when is this? i don't know i'm just like just the idea of like mentally being like nah it's time Oh, like and then like choose, and yeah, then your body, and like you're just like, like, like oh turning it off. Like hmm. that to me seems way cooler than being like, oh my god, like suffering. Anyways, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, after, I'd way rather be like, I choose. Yeah, like I choose to die. I choose to the big D. Um, wow, that's a big D that I don't. It's the like. biggest D. It's the biggest D, and mm. it's not good. So the first thing you need to do once you have all those things, like you know, your adaptable, flexible will to live, is cold and hot and it's like temperature regulation is the number oh. one thing you should think about before, before even water food and water yeah is making sure you're re- somewhere that you can regulate or just in a scenario or situation to regulate your temperature just or being like the homeostasis that, but- of your body mm. is like the most important part of your future oh. now that if you're in this post-apocalypse surviving mm world like that's really like, interesting what is my homeostasis yeah, how like, can i keep not it not worth 
pushing yourself too hard if you're yeah. going to be like going out and then in the you're sun sweating and sweating and exa- yeah. over exhausted and heat stroke and you don't want to get too cold frozen yeah. Or, yeah so the first thing you think about is temperature regulation and one thing i thought was interesting was that idea of like 45 percent of your body heat leaves through your head like if it's like you're in a cold place is not true okay i was like i don't think that's true yeah it? it's it's not true what it is is that like the way we wear clothes so any skin exposed will allow like heat exchange heat faster. exchange faster than when there's clothes but we tend to leave our faces exposed mm-hmm. and our heads exposed because of the way our clothes are made like our chest yeah. is always covered our arms and our body is just designed that like our face is here so yeah uh, something on your head can be obstructive to that yeah so it's more like don't it's more being like don't panic if you like don't have a hat <laughs> or something because it's like you're just getting exposed to elements in the same way you would if like your thigh was exposed it's like, it's a like percentage, you're dead and at least sudden. we have hair on our heads for the yeah. most part like and like wind obviously robs your body heat like so it's like stay away from the wind mm. and then always like sort of like weirdly at this point you kind of have to think about like a fire is like mm-hmm. the next thing and yeah. then it's so funny because i was kind of like they talk about like having fire starters and lighters and shit. And I was like, right. so you just always have that. So for <laughs> warmth or for, cause I'm like, wouldn't water be your next go to? Yeah. So they, they think that like, yeah, no, but maybe true. you need fire to boil water. Yeah. Like there's depending on your circumstances. This person just, said fire is next. And then it is hydration. I guess that that is because how, what are you going to drink? Yeah. If you're just like, even when you have a, clean water lake like there can still be contaminants yeah exactly so then you have to boil like i think that they're the main idea of drinking water at this point is boiling water like okay. you can put leaves in a bag apparently and then the like transpiration of the water out of the leaves will like go on the bag and then you can lick the bag and i was oh. like that seems like not satiating <laughs> at all like i just hope to god well, i can get some water to dehydrated. boil you probably yeah like, every drop counts actually. and it's like do not worry about food yeah. like when you first happens it's temperature regulation fire and water because you won't go crazy from food for like a lot right. longer you can last longer without food yeah. yeah and okay we had fire starters this weekend and they were so amazing and i was like should i have them on me at all times <laughs> <laughs> there's so it was wax recycled wood and oil that's what it's made of that's what a fire starter wax is. recycled wood and oil because they feel like Kinda they look waxy. like the graham crackers we were using to make our s'mores you put them in the fire you light them they light for so long I love huge. making like fires. They, really, but it was yeah, and I I love the I love the feeling. I usually don't use fire stars. I love just like kindling. <laughs> but then it was like it kind of was like made making a fire so easy. Like it was mm-hmm. crazy. Like usually I have a moment of like oh no it's not working then it works and it's like I did it. Yeah. Whereas this was like no you can just good. like start with pretty big sticks. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Another thing about fire that this book mentions is how you always need more firewood than you think mm. to always go back out and like we noticed that this weekend yeah because like it's we tiring so much and then we were like in my mind the second day i was like i bet like we maybe will need more but we'll just have to have a shorter it, the fire will end earlier but it will look like so much wood yeah and we went out and i remember being like guys i think we need to all go and get like a bun more to have on tonight and i think it was kind of like really and then you by awesome. the end of the night you're like where all i would go yeah Mm-hmm. It does burn. <laughs> I love fire so much. Yeah, Greg's a bit of a pyro. Like, you definitely are obsessed with fire. I'm obsessed with fire. That's it's so kind of scary. my favorite thing to do. It would be, like, have a fire, have people around it, and then just, like, fiddling with the fire while we all talk. It yeah. is very soothing. It's great to look at. It's meditative, and it's a job. It's a task, and I feel like you always I need love a, a task. task. Yeah, and it's, yeah. like, and the task is to truly burn thing it's so fun <laughs> also vaseline and a cotton ball is apparently an incredible fire starter like oh. it'll burn for minutes not seconds i was like That's so vaseline super flammable yeah i guess the cotton is as yeah well. and it's the oil and i feel uh. like that would be a smart thing to have on you vaseline maybe okay like are we carrying these in our pockets like yeah and they also <laughs> like they're like you gotta have a pocket knife like these types of things i mean right. i know i'm getting into like prepper territory which is like kind of like problematic and weird yeah but it's just interesting things to talk about, I guess. And we've just been in the woods. We yeah. didn't have a pocket knife. We probably should have. Why? We because we had other things. Like we had a saw. a saw and we had we had utensils. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. But uh, I mean, I'm sure a pocket knife is very useful, of course. And there's something like so like and it's small. When someone like has a pocket knife, like and they like are proud of it, I'm always like, Oh, good lord. When I was young, I feel like I was given so many. 
Me too. What like was it was that? always like a gift from like an yeah. uncle. It's like because you're like they're like, oh, he's a little boy man. Yeah, he needs yeah. a pocket knife, and you're like, <laughs> and it'd be what? like engraved with my name, and I'd be like, I have no interest in this. And there'd always be like a toothpick <laughs> in it, and that's the only thing I would do is like take out the toothpick and like put it in my mouth and be like, I'm not going to use these really like bad scissors. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're spooky. Um, oh my god! I remember when I was in like Scouts, there'd always be like the Scout that's like been in it for too long, who was like such a power trip, and they'd always have these like crazy knives, and they'd like fiddle with them and be like, "Hey, it's my knife." And now I'm like, that was scary. Yeah, like it's like I didn't go to Scouts. They would like like I people's didn't do knives. Things. People's not. It was like I'm like, was it straight? Yeah, it was. It was like incel vibes. You're you're a gay that did straight things. Like you went to outdoor camp. I hated you Scouts. Went to Scouts, but Scouts I was went gay. To musical theater. Yeah. Okay, Scouts maybe wasn't as gay as musical theater, but it was like not cool. Like I remember I used to pretend to time I shoot a duck. Like when I would like get dropped off at Scouts, I was like, hope no one sees me walk into this stupid place where we're all like. Wait, but like who would <laughs> see? Like was it in the middle of Toronto? No, no, it was like in my neighborhood. And I was just oh, like, like you would just go to a building. Yeah, but I just was trained. like one of those things where like I was like, wait. I thought scouts would be like in the woods. You go, yeah, you would go to like a building to like <laughs> learn how to tie knots during the week. Like in a gymnasium. Like every Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. And then you do weird, like wow. weird things. Like everyone, there were like weird, like rituals. In the gym? In the gym that you would do. And I was like this, I hate this. I wish I was in dance class. Media did not prepare me for that because I always pictured it in the woods. So like then scouts, you, live you in the would woods. go to the woods. Like I will say like some of the skills from this weekend that I had that came naturally. I'm like this actually came from scouts because you practice them in a gym and then you go into the woods. Okay. And you little, like field trips. Yeah. Or, okay. Or so like I think about trips. A thing about body heat. Like I remember going camping really young and it was like i don't know november and really cold and that's where i learned that like you can't have any of your body touching the ground because the ground mm. sucks all your body heat really quickly. meaning like put a layer between you and it yeah so when we slept camping this weekend we had these like little f they're truly like half an inch foam pads but and i would sometimes do it when i was hot i would just put my arm off the pad on the ground mm. and immediately i would like cool down uh -oh. so much so it's just as long as you're just so if that's ever an issue and you're in a cold setting right you need to be lifted. And like, I remember once we were like November camping and we had to like build these weird, like stick things to sleep on to like stick things. They were like, you had to make your own like thermo rest and sleep on it. Oh my God. You yeah. sticks. It was like, it was, they had them all there on a table, but yeah, it was like sticks Wouldn't and you use like bark pine and needles and stuff. There was pine and needles. Leaves or is that yeah. not, like, is it like, not, you're it wasn't not leaves. To, not trying to touch the soil. Like what are we trying? Yeah, you're to, not trying. You're literally not trying to touch. The but ground. would it be enough to have just like pile on like, like leaves. forest debris? I mean, there's something about forest debris that to me, that seems really wet and gross. Like yeah, these yeah, were sticks fair. and like, like was just what they gave us. Like we didn't have to go look in the woods. So obviously there wasn't a, in my opinion, yeah. they're giving it to us. Something you told me it. once that I didn't know about, maybe your parents said this is like, also it's sometimes better to not wear your clothes in your sleeping bag because if you wore them through the day, there's a lot of moisture in them. Yeah. Even if you don't feel wet. Yeah. Even if you don't feel like you're perspired, it's like your socks and your pants and your underwear like and stuff than... are moisture and you're way more likely to get cold and yeah. get hypothermia if the temperatures drop a okay. lot. This book this also said conditions. that that is like true. And they said though that like it's important to know in these settings that you don't force people to get naked and sleep close to each other because that can create interpersonal no but like interpersonal uncomfort and stress right. and you're like and that's like the book was like so homophobic and it's like and men sleeping naked next no, to each other is wrong no but it could be like <laughs> it could be like men and women right like it's the point it was he was the saying was like the we're trying to survive of, as yes. a mini society like like don't forcing everyone to get <laughs> naked together might create like a weird stressful Fair. creepy environment yeah that was an interesting take because i've heard that mm -hmm. before too it's like mm -hmm. everyone's getting naked and sleep but it's like if you're not comfortable yeah. don't do that because then you're gonna <laughs> like all end up it's I don't even know I like don't even the, really the know but you're like not of, sleeping you're <laughs> stressing out because you're like dick is like on someone's leg <sighs> and yeah like hydration I think for it's like the CDC says you only need to bring clear water to a royal rolling boil for one minute oh. but most places I saw said five minutes and we did that this weekend too yeah because our water pump stopped working yeah we so, have to remember that it's not working yeah yeah <laughs> Go get the it water first. pump's cool it's like you pump the water like right out of the lake into like your hand. Yeah. And essentially there's just a filter that like the size of the particles that can get through the bacteria and that we're worried about mm -hmm. in these great like lakes, for example, aren't going to make it through, mm -hmm. but like yeah, you're filtering it, obviously metals and things from like, like 
poison top poison <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're, we're just lucky to be in canada where like these lakes are pretty amazing yeah and like beaver we're worried about like beaver feces and like that's not going to get through if it is there right and then yeah like for eating things eating plants if you don't know about the plants of your area is like way more dangerous mm. than oh the rule of thumb is like if it moved if it's moving and you kill it and cook it, you can probably eat it. Got it. You like mean like animal insects or creatures, animals, yeah, creatures. Okay. Like you just cook them, you if can eat them. Moving. Whereas plants are like way more dangerous. Yeah, if you not, don't like, know, look similar to other plants. Yeah, like mushrooms, same kind of thing. Where it's like yes. don't risk it's not it. risk it. Oh, another reason you're not supposed to worry about food immediately and only be worrying about water is because food. If you get sick mm. or eat something wrong, you're screwed. screwed. Yeah, yeah, so it's like why not wait? Like allow your body like more and more time. You're buying time, yeah. essentially, to not put something in that's going to make you sick. I see. Like, find the proper food sources. Yeah. I had always heard, like, acorns was a thing that's, like, a, at least where we live. Like, nuts and stuff. But mm. I don't want to, like, promise that. Like, no, no, the only me. thing I that... know acorns are. Like, you can, like, boil them to get rid of the bitter and mash them up. Like, that was in a video we made one time. Um, but, then, but, like, the one thing that I know about is dandelions and pine needles. Yeah. So dandelions oh. are always, oh, yeah. every aspect of a dandelion is edible and any alternative looking things that look similar to dandelions are also edible. Okay. So you don't have, you don't run the risk of like mistaking right. it. The wrong plants. And they're, they have nutrition. They have like, they have like calcium and mm -hmm. magnesium and vitamin A and C and pine needles aren't very nutritious. They only have vitamin C, but like making a tea with them and stuff can help like literally like mentally satiate you. Okay. Make it feel like you're eating something. Mm -hmm. Other than that, it's like that's when it comes into like being like who's a good leader, who understands what these plants mm -hmm. are. You're probably not going to be alone. Who has right. actual knowledge that you can trust is like why it goes back to the first point of being the most important thing is social yeah, skills. No, that is the understanding most who you can trust. And making the most effective. It's probably decisions. a good rule for life, to be honest. I mean, maybe not, but even the yeah. like that um, book that I love, um, and instantly I'm forgetting the name of it. Uh, Broke the Broken Earth series. No, sorry, it's like the science book. Uh, oh God, my brain. Wow. I, I just did a video based off of it. Um, sorry, I'm just gonna like, pause. No, it's from like David Epstein. It's like his second book. Why can't I think of it? Oh, uh, it's like. It's about being a specialist or a generalist. Oh, yes. Well, yeah, why can't yeah. I think of the I title right now? Too. Anyway, because we are so primed to be in a world where we look at people who are like specialists and who practice these things from their whole life. So the typical story is like Tiger Woods played golf since he was like so young. And that's why he's so good. So you should put all your effort in one basket. But what his argument and studies he's focusing on show like people who have a more diverse set of skills even when they're unrelated, actually perform better in so many ways. And like, how, uh, I've talked about this a lot here and on videos. It's like, um, uh, Nobel laureates are like more, 26 times more likely to be musicians or actors or comedians or magicians or painters or yeah, electricians crazy. or engineers. Like, so having these other skills that are transferable obviously makes you more flexible. Um, and I found that, not to like bring it back to Planet of the Apes, because I know you were like kind of lukewarm I was lukewarm on the second half. Loved the premise. Yeah, maybe it's because I love the premise so much. The second half is just like an action film. Yeah. But I just found it so fascinating to like see a movie that was kind of emulating what human evolution might have looked like at yeah. one stage, right? Yeah. Like, because you get caught up sometimes and you're like, oh, but they're apes. And obviously apes don't communicate like this. I Like I, every now and then I have to stop myself and be like, but in the movie, they are apes this? that speak English sometimes. So yeah, but like, uh, yeah, because yeah, there would yeah. have been a point where probably like Homo sapiens used primarily grunting and like yeah. slowly developed speech. Yeah, right? that would have been yeah, over yeah, hundreds yeah. of thousands no, that of is years. And I was like, "Ooh, this almost is like a snapshot of maybe what Homo sapiens looked like a hundred thousand years ago." Hmm, I see, right? Or maybe maybe oh, far, that's a cool way to look at it. I hadn't looked at it like that. And I yeah. kind of thought the whole movie might have been that. And I was like, "That I don't know." It was just cool to be like, "What were Homo sapiens like?" Hundreds of thousands of years ago, yeah. I know we predict that Homo sapiens. Honestly, came out yeah, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is good. Yeah, like now that you're really saying, I'm like, that's an interesting way of looking at it, which I wasn't, and that is true. And I think like 
honestly, you're right. Like there would have been that sort of in between time. And the way that the apes communicate is like really interesting, even when they're not speaking English. It's like sign language. Yeah, yeah. It is Which kind of funny sense, that they though, could be like, like you could like yeah, you're right. That they're also speaking English is funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that there would have been this intermediate phase where we were using like animals communicate with body language. Like mm-hmm. our own very dog does that, right? Like they snarl, they hit, they coil their tails or whatever. And it's like, kind of like in the also in the movie they like kind of do that thing where like the all the mistakes are made by like the dumb men who make mistakes that are in power mm-hmm. right like it's like, like you're you putting said, your trust in it someone it is about elite like the human race um and 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 other species like dogs are pack animals but it is often like a leader and in this movie they're showing highlighting of like a leader that can learn to trust and negotiate versus a leader who leads with violence and fear yeah. and which one will outdo. And of course, like in di- there's no like one answer to these things. Like you're saying in apocalypse, you need someone who's adaptable, but it's one really crazy might call for a different type of leadership, but it another. is crazy to think that right now our leaders are all politicians who are like men. Like in Where general, we are, yeah, no, in general, like in general, like across the yeah, world, in general, there's a yeah. rarity of the politicians yeah, being women. And it's like interesting that we have such an obvious, like studying us from a bird's eye view. No, let's go further. Studying us from the moon callback <laughs> moon's eye view of earth. It's just a bunch of these people that like you'd look and be like, we know that diversity mm-hmm. is better. Like, if there was different yes, types of people, if yeah. there is exactly like if you think about surviving an apocalypse and then looking at the Earth and then being like, okay, they're going through shit. It's like that's a very obvious thing. You should have di- the, you should have a complete gender balance of mm-hmm. leaders in order to f- try and get to the best. Circum- like we have a serious issue uh-huh, uh-huh. you know what i mean because it's like well, if we're it's still all about like who we're in charge of species i think like we've only not that recently come out of like kings and queens like individual yeah. rulers now we're in a phase of like democracy where we have like yeah. this idea of like many different people working together but it still is like patriarchal yeah yeah and it's slowly structures changing, are who like, knows yeah. and, I, and who even knows if like democracy in the long run is the right form of society like obviously we yeah. live by it because we're like born into one but who knows in a thousand years what type of structure humans will mm-hmm. live in but yeah oh my god and like, critical thinking skills sometimes i'm just like wow we lack that as a well, I always think about how, <laughs> well, no, I mean, some people have great critical thinking skills. If we're just like, there is a diverse range of humans. And I think that is important for this very reason that we don't know what the future is, right? Like in the same way that, you know, we look at like people who only care about physical fitness and fighting or being like aggressive, like that, that is just natural that there'll be some people like that. Yeah. Like if we're all just like yeah. genius bring critical thinking people, that's like, we're not going to have the adaptability for a scenario that calls for physical power. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, or don't you think? Yeah. Like it's easy to look at, like we live in a world that is becoming increasingly intellectual and that's cool. And I enjoy being an intellectual person. Like I'm not a very like physical person, but as a society, it's like apart from like the extremes of it, I think it's obviously healthy to have a variety of perspectives because for the same reason, genetically it's, better to be diverse so that when a virus hits, it doesn't wipe everyone out. Yeah. And so like, yes, I stand here and like get annoyed at like a lot of conservative viewing points and like even political points. But it's like, I understand that this is like a balancing act of like what is right. Yeah. For the human race. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Wow. Oh my God. Cool. Okay. Well, hopefully we don't ever have to use any of these things. True. And it was a really fun time camping, pumping our water, having fires and playing with these ideas while never having to ever really worry. Yeah. (laughs) And then getting back into our car and driving back to Toronto and just being like, Hey, what's up everyone? Great. Let's go party. Yeah. Like, Oh my God. (laughs) Let's like what happened in the world. But it is cool to get away. And I think that's what sparked, this idea was just being like, yeah, just living off of sort of the bare minimum for like even two, I guess mm-hmm. three days. And it as is a nice said, way to connect. Really like nice. we obviously come with food and come prepared, but it's like nice to just like yeah. be in nature. All sure. you do is just like live in nature and like hang out with truly chipmunks who are like pushing pine cones off trees and eating them. And you're like, <laughs> that's super so cool. Cute. Yeah. That's something that's interesting about the movie. One more time. Last thing I'm going to say about it is they it bring it up. It's like every other animal is self-sufficient except yeah. humans like rely on power. And yeah. I don't mean like structural power. They're like trying to get 
uh, generator power. Yeah, so they can communicate. Because they feel like they can't function without this like electric. I power. loved that when we were camping, like this chipmunk like pushing pine needles out of the tree. It was so eating cute. It. We'd push like five down and then come down and get them on the yeah. ground and eat them. And then there was sort of just like a heron across the lake, just mm-hmm. like eating fish and then like these mice just sort of like running around and it's like when we're not here this is all still happening and mm-hmm. it's so adorable yeah. and and like um Amazing. humbling yeah. and like interesting to just be like they're like looking at us like okay weird yeah but it calls like, back <laughs> to, to the point of what makes humans so unique is that we function as yeah. group animals yeah yeah but it was so it was great to watch them just like do their like thing and they're so mm. cute okay well thanks for listening we are going to talk even more about apocalypses because it's on our mind <laughs> as it might be on everyone's because everyone's kind of talking about like that yeah now. a lot of people are just accepting that we're like things are going to get worse yeah. and so we're going to use science to talk about it because it might and it might not. And some lots of things are good. Okay. Yeah, things are good. I, like, I think it's important. Maybe we should do an episode on like something like good. all the good things. Yeah. Like we live in a time where there's lots of good things as well. Okay. And it's like can be depressing to only think of the bad ones. Okay, also we'll soon. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 